Okay, this time this <coughs> Yeah, I did say I'll fuck it up immediately. <laughs> yeah, <you didn't> did. <laughs> um Happy Christmas and welcome to episode 26 of Lowering the Tone with me, me Katie. This episode I've got the charismatic Christian Townsend over for an interview, one half of the mighty dub speaker and former Ways and Means producer. I'm going to apologise in advance about my hungover state. I hadn't seen Christian for a while, so we went out the night before and got hammered. What can I say? Thank you for all the great feedback of the last few shows. I'm going to keep things absolutely slamming again. That seems to be the way you like it. If you enjoy the music I play and you'd like a track listing, head over to patreon.com forward slash lowering the tone. All our backdated episodes are there. And you can also get our sister podcast, Setting the Tone, which is a Q&A with myself and Ben Coder. All right, I think that's enough talking for now. Let's get into the show.
play a couple of back-to-back tracks from one of my favourite techno producers, Chicago Loop. Check this out. Cargo Loop on Lowering the Tone with me, Katie.
few shout outs. I'm really sorry there's going to be a few this episode. Toll Teamer, Grant Franklin, Dylan Lester, I'm going to ruin this name, Sako Nazlumian, and Maria B. Thank you for your support and that really long email you sent me. And also I'd like to say happy birthday to my old friend Harriet Manning. Happy birthday, love.
something new from myself and dopamine. This is out now on Lowering a Tone and this is called Candyman. Yeah. 
Hola, soy Chevy Wang, estoy aquí con Mick Katie y estás escuchando su programa Lowering the Tone. What you gonna do? I was going to keep it slamming. <laughs> Thank you. 
big shout to Spanish breakbeat legend, Mr. Peter Paul. Thank you for the show in Seville last week at Cosmos. It was awesome. Myself and Peter had a chance to hit the studio while I was out in Spain. And we knocked up a pretty tasty Tech Breaks track entitled Queen for a Day. Not sure what label that's coming out on just yet, but watch this space. shouts, 3ML, Mandy Rabbit, Tony Ramirez, David Date, Max Edwards, Ben Smith, Fox One, Cass and her little boy, Kian. toughen things up.
Hi, this is Doze, you're listening to Katie on Lowering the Tone.
last of the shouts. Sam Warren, Catherine Allen, who I'm sure will have a critical ear over this mix. Tuba Flowers, Kitty Cat Ryan, I look forward to catching up with you over Christmas. Last but not least, Ravia. I'm going to save my pocket money and buy that bit of artwork I like so much of yours. Here's something new from Eddie Santini. This is called Amphibian and it's forthcoming on Lauren the Town.
You're listening to Meet Katie on Lowering the Tone. some dates for the diary on the 19th of January I'll be in Sydney at the Church of Techno on the 27th of January I'll be in Hobart Tasmania at the Beatdown with my old mate Freak Nasty on the 2nd of February I'll be in Cairns the 9th of February I'll be back in Sydney at Rock Like This and that'll be with Dopamine And then on the 15th of February, I'll be in Perth, and that's at Geisha. I'm expecting that to be a big one. There's still a possibility for some more shows to be added. But at the moment, they're the ones that are confirmed. For more information, head off to any of my social media sites. You'll be able to see what's going on.
This is Sid Griss. You're listening to Lowering the Tone with Meet Katie.
play one more tune before we get to that interview with Christian Townsend from Dove Speaker. Put your face back around that place, man, and you can't stop it. I'll let go on. said at the top of the show if you want a track listing head over to patreon.com forward slash lowering the tone sorry for so much talking this episode there was just a lot to get through i think that's about it let's get into interview with christian 
exclusive. Right, this episode of Lower in the Tone, I've got a good friend of mine, Christiane Townsend. Did I get it right? <laughs> you did, yeah. <laughs> um, one half of Dub Speaker, Ways and Means, Acacia, 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 Acacia FX, Acacia FX, yeah. and a million other projects, and a label manager, DJ, all round. Good guy. Oh, thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to my house. Uh, we're doing this podcast in my front room. Uh, the last few I've been travelling to people's places and been doing it in kitchens and living rooms, but um, we're back in my place. So uh, you're en route to an American tour, I believe? Yeah, just a cheeky one, a little one. I've got, um, I've got Boston on Friday, um, Chicago Saturday, and then I've got uh, a couple of dates. Well, I've got, no, I've got a date in Detroit on Sunday as well. So, yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, the Detroit one sounds good. Um, maybe you want to explain what, what's going on. It's a bit of an intimate one. Yeah, I love those guys, and uh, I just wanted to go back and play with them, really. I had a really good time last time I played there, and... Uh, there's a, a couple called Brandon and Danielle, and they're putting on a, an intimate night with Dub Speaker, which, uh, yeah, the mind boggles, but it's, it's, it's not that sort of night. <laughs> it's going to be a great party, and I'm really looking forward to it. They've rented party. a house to do this in. Yeah, they've rented a rather colourful, detached house for me to stay until Tuesday, and um, I'm going to get there on I'm gonna get there on Sunday, we're going to do the party, and then I can just chill out there until, until Tuesday. Yeah, so I'm looking forward to that. That's quite an interesting way of doing it. Yeah, it's awesome, man. It's a bit great. different to a club. Yeah, it is a bit different to a club, but you know, it's it's a great way to it's a great way to share with people, get to know people, and you know, it's, yeah, intimate. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's like playing with friends, isn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Swinging, swinging. <laughs> it's not that sort of party, Mark. <laughs> I don't think so. Anyway, Danielle, Brandon, <laughs> talk to me. <laughs> so um, I suppose we're we're um, we'll break it down. Um, you're one half of Dub Speaker with Darren J. Is it Darren J. Darren Beale. Darren B. Darren B in the house. <laughs> why is it, why, where, did, where did I get the Darren J from? I've no idea. Norman J. Whatever. You're a little bit hungover, aren't you? So, I am a little so, bit. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think your brain's working at 100%. As is my, as is, yeah, same as me, really. Uh, yeah. Thanks for the hangover um, last night, Mark. Yeah, well, I haven't seen you for a while, so we got drunk. Yeah, wicked. No, I really enjoyed last night as well. It was absolutely awesome. So, uh, maybe you want to go over how, how and when, you know, Dub Speaker came about. Yeah. Yeah, I think Dubspeak is probably um, my favourite project um, that we've done so far. We've done a lot of different projects since like 1991 or something. Um, I mean, names of projects and stuff have been... We didn't really care about names, really. I mean, back in the day and stuff, sometimes we'd have three or four releases out at one time. Right. And you just couldn't really call... You couldn't call yourself the same name because it would affect the sales of each record. So you just say, oh, what should we call ourselves for this release? It's like, oh, I don't know, Fred Blogs or whatever. Right, okay. It wasn't really about the name. It's about the music, you know. But but Dubspeakers has got this thing about it. It's it's a really, really creative, personal project for Darren and I. And it's it, it really sort of hones in on, on our passion of... Of electronica really yeah. and and you know high quality production the the ideas are just very deep and rolling it's a very personal project and yeah i absolutely adore it right 
Yeah. Well, it's funny, we, we were talking about it yesterday because I, I, I'm in the middle of doing a remix that's like one, two, five, and I said, oh, it's a bit slow. And you, you pointed out that most of the stuff I've been doing is at 123. Yeah, it's like you're apologetic for the tempo. I think it was at one, two, five. And yeah. You're like, oh, yeah it's, a, yeah, it's a little bit slow. And I was like, God, all our stuff's one, two, three. Wow. I'll probably play it out at about, you know, I'll probably play it out at about one, two, five or whatever. Right. But no, it's nice because, I mean, the music that we write as dub speaker, it's, it's you know, you can dance to it but you can chill to it too, you know, right. it's, it's, you know, it's for your feet, but it's also for your mind, you know, and, you know, you can sit back and you can just follow it. It's very textual, a lot of space in between the sounds, in between the beats, you know, it's, it's an emphasis on quality and not, not quantity, I suppose. Uh, mm. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I love the project. I think it's fantastic. I'll stop it. In what way? <laughs> stop it. No, go on. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, just, thanks, Mark. It's a great name as well, Dumb mm. Speaker. Mm. Thank uh, you. It's not a million miles away from your passion for like dub music, but taking it into the electronic arena. Yeah. Yeah. It's quite, um, it's quite dub techno, isn't it? I yeah. Think, really. It's probably be the, the face. But, but I mean, you know, we've got, um, we're going to, we're, we're, we're working on an album at the moment um, oh, cool. that we're going to release on a new label that we're going to set up um, as vinyl. And that's going to be, you know, it's going to be a lot more electronica based as well. So there's going to be some big surprises in there. But, you know, over the years, Darren and I have probably released way over 250 records together, covering the whole, you know, so many genres, you mm. know, the breaks, techno, rave music back in the day. Right. Um, and, you know, and, and electronica and stuff. So, yeah, so this album, you know, we're not afraid to just break out and do different styles it's whatever we feel at the time isn't it that's good yeah I, um, Darren was in Cochine wasn't he yeah that's yeah. right yeah 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 that's you know a, I mean that's a yeah. big claim to fame that is yeah yeah I remember um, I used to put on these nights in Bristol called Breakbeat Culture and Cochine were sort of our band that we were bringing through through our crew I suppose and I remember the first time we um, we put them on or yeah but the first time we put them on I think I spelt their name with a C or something like that and, <laughs> and yeah you know it didn't really matter because no one even knew who they were anyway do you know what I mean but no this, they just kept doing you know some really good quality tunes absolutely amazing time as well I remember when it first kicked off on our nights and there was just this big following and they were doing Hide You and stuff live yeah. and the vibe I was just like wow it was you know you, you know, I kind of live for moments like that they're yeah. really special you know Hide You was fantastic I mean that was a classic yeah I think one of the tunes came, went on Match of the Day as well I thought that was a pretty, pretty good claim for fame as well <laughs> I was like oh yay <laughs> fantastic Ways and Means that's how we connected that's yeah. how I, I got to know you because yeah. um I contacted you. I, yeah. I was buying a load of breakbeat and your, your stuff was the, the only stuff at the time that really interested me because it, it was techno breaks, which mm. was quite difficult to come by because it was mm. a, there was a lot of electro breaks and booty bass, but there wasn't a lot of heads down, grinding, yeah. you know, straight up sort of techno breaks, but you were one of the guys. And I remember I, I sent you a message and said, oh, yeah. would you be interested in remixing something? Yeah, I said, hell yeah. Yeah, no, I've always loved your stuff, man. You know, that, that, that your whole nine yards label and stuff like that, just really, you know, it was just right up my street. It's right. probably the same for me, you know, yeah. in that way. So, yeah, so it was, it was perfectly natural for us to work together. Whole nine yards predates Lot 49, which is kind of mad that I actually run that label for six years before mm. I even started Lot 49. So, you know, previous to Lot 49, I was mixing up techno and breaks back then. Yeah. And then um, started doing breaks and people were like, oh, it's too housey, it's this, this, that. But the know? thing is, though, I mean, you know, the, the whole nine yards thing, the Lot 49 thing, with what we do with Dubspeaker, Ways and Means, the Cash FX, Koshin even, 
all that stuff. I mean, it's all so related. There's a there's a common ground going through all of it, you know. And for us, it's you know, it's 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 it's, it's quite minimal, head down, bass yeah. heavy, rolling, rolling, you know, rolling right music. Word, yeah. You know, it's you yeah, know, rolling, 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 rolling. <laughs> what? It's it's. I mean, it's it's good music to mix. You oh, know. good. Thanks. Yeah, 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 I love it. Yeah, <laughs> thank God. We've got a bunch of questions. Um, what I'm going to do is I'm going to sort of just sort of skirt around them a little bit. One of the guys, um, Andy Companies, asked, does it feel like techno's flavour of the month? I mean, he, he said, why has techno become trendy? I, You know, personally, I, I think it's always just been there rather than a like hipster sort of movement. You know, at the moment, like tech house seems to be the hip thing to be into. But techno's kind of got roots, I think. But yeah. Yeah, what definitely. do you think? I think I think uh, like, like you say, I think it's always been around. You know, I mean, you know, if you go to Bristol, I don't think Bristol, where I live, is a, a techno focused city. You know, it's a city focused around, you know, break beats and bass, reggae, bass and, and you know, yeah, you know, um, you know, when I travel around and stuff, there's you know amazing techno communities uh, around around the world. But there there are the same with with other styles of music as well. There's always going to be a, a scene, isn't there? I mean, tech house and things like that are probably more accessible to a wider audience. Um, Techno, I think, has probably got a little bit of a bad um, rep by people that don't really understand it because I think sometimes it can conjure up images of really hard Dark. techno yeah. music. You know, doo, 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 doo. And it's like, you know, obviously there is that as well, but techno is a much wider, you know, it's got a much wider brush than that. And when you get into it, yeah. I mean, America and stuff like that, you know, has a, a big techno scene. I mean, if you look at what Adam Bear's doing with drum code yeah. still, I mean, Jesus, I did a gig in LA and um, it felt like, you know, there was everyone's wearing drum code T-shirts and f- swinging drum code flags everywhere that I had to sign and stuff. It was almost like, wow, you know, this is a real movement of. Yeah. It was almost like a religion. Like, it was, oh my god! Yeah. But it was, you know, it was incredible to see. You know, it's funny. It's funny when because when I think of America, I, I feel. I apologise to anyone, any American friends that are listening. It feels like that America kind of was a little bit slow to to kind of embrace techno the way that Europe has. You know, I know, I do understand that you know techno has got you know roots in Detroit, but particularly Detroit techno, obviously, it's very famous. But outside of that, it just it, it kind of feels a, a bit slow when you compare it to mainland Europe, like you know Germany and France. Techno is it's ingrained in the culture. Mm. Um, mm. It's like a standard music, certainly in Germany. You know, that's a standard style of music. Yeah, I mean, you know, I love playing in Germany. You know, it's just like the audience, you know, they just understand, you know, it's so ingrained in their culture. And yeah, yeah you know, you, you know, you, you are right in many ways, you know, playing, you know, playing in the UK, Europe, Germany and stuff like that. You know, they, they get techno, they have done for many years. Um, America, yeah, I mean, to a certain extent, maybe it is... Um, a little bit newer in some in some ways but yeah it's weird isn't it because you know you look at detroit and you think oh detroit yeah. techno it's like that's the home it's of like techno the, isn't it we're, <laughs> you know yeah, we're I mean? yeah born and then it kind of translated really well into europe bizarrely enough scotland has got a really strong techno scene yeah um very strong techno scene and, haven't played there yet oh really no, no i haven't played there i would have thought the arches in glasgow would have been right up your street right up my alley <laughs> yeah. yeah i'll take a look nice one very, yeah, it's, yeah, very um it's Why would it have been up my alley then? Go <laughs> on, explain. Up your arch. Oh, oh my god, that sounds <laughs> it, painful. It, it's, it's called it's called the arches. Um, Slam do the night there. Soma have got a night there. Oh really? Yeah. Now the um, party it gets deep and deep and dark. Ooh, yeah, and mysterious. Yeah, very good. Just the way I like it. <laughs> 
you're DJing a lot at the moment. Yeah. Travelling around. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. You know, I'm so, so grateful and humbled by it. You know, I'm just, yeah, I, I, it's, it's just, an, you know, it's a wonderful experience and to see, you know, so many people appreciating the music and stuff. I mean, for me, I tend to, I don't just DJ, I tend to play just the music that I produce, that Darren and I produce as well. So it's really nice to hear the music that we produce out yeah. and see it in a live environment with people sort of getting right into it, you know? And yeah, yeah, I really, really enjoy it. It's so a great way to travel as well. Do you play live or do you DJ as in like play your own music in a live set or is it straight DJ set? Yeah, it's a DJ set, but with my, with my own tune. I'm not bringing keyboards and stuff with it or anything right. like that, yeah. But you're playing your own music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I suppose it's the best way of doing it, really, isn't it? Oh, yeah, I could probably play all night with my own tunes, to be fair. I've probably released enough by now. <laughs> so have you, probably. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Different genres as well. Yeah. <laughs> Take probably. you on a journey. Yeah. With production, as you just mentioned, yeah. um, you, both, you both produce independently, but... Last time I saw you, you were playing me some music that you've been working on. You play me some stuff. Darren would be working independent from each other, but they were very, very similar in style. Yeah. How, how does it work? Do you, know, do you know what? I mean, years back, I think you know Darren and I. You know, we used to live together, and you know, we'd have a studio together, and we'd all be writing together. I think you know, as you get older and stuff as well, we both got families. We've got our own little studio. We can't hook up as much as we used to in many ways because we've got responsibilities and stuff, you know. But we we both have this understanding and we always have done, you know, when, you know, we, we want the same thing. We, our ideas are really similar and right. our understanding of music is really similar. And the journey that we've gone on, the journey that we've traveled through with regards to our music, with, with regards to music has been, we've, well, we've done it together, you know, and yeah, we've shared a lot. So we've got the same, we've got very similar ideas. So we could write different things, we can write, you know, different tracks separately that would sound like, you know, they'll just go together yeah. really well. Well, that's what I mean. I'm quite surprised that you'd written those tracks, but you hadn't written them together, but they sounded exactly the mm. same as, yeah, same vibe. that's the same as like you and, you know, you and, you and Marvin, isn't it? You know, I mean. Yeah, I suppose same goes for like Shaq and Lee Coombs. I mean, yeah. even though we're all kind of, we all have our own taste, it kind of fell into the same sort of style. yeah. yeah. <laughs> my, my neighbours decided to do some renovations. I mean, basically, yeah, I mean, basically, Darren and I, we're both trippy fuckers, to be fair. Do you know right. what I mean? We're really trippy. And, and one of my, one of the areas where we really cut our teeth was when we were signed to Plink Plonk, Mr. C's label in London. And we right. used to do a lot of warehouse parties That's with right. Plink Plonk. And, very, you know, we were just totally encouraged to be as experimental as we wanted. You know, there, there were no... You know, you didn't have to fit within any genres and stuff like that. And that really suits Darren and I. And, you know, we, we are not afraid to just do what we want. I mean, that's what music is to us anyway, you know. I just want to express myself, you right. know. And that's the most important thing to me, not record sales, not whether other people get it. I just want to let it out like poetry. Unfortunately, people do get it. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> Some do anyway. <laughs> yeah. Well, definitely. Definitely. I mean, proofs in the pudding. Most of the projects that you've done have always had, you know, they've gained a following, you mm. know, for whatever they oh, are. Yeah. So, drum and bass as well you used to do yeah, yeah yeah well that's I mean that was you know we first started off sort of 1991 in the, you know with the old rave days and everything and then um, we got signed to um, got signed to a couple of labels in London Lucky Spin and DJ Recordings and they were like sort of drum and bass labels at okay. the time years back and they used to have a record shop on Holloway Road 
So back released, in the jungle days. Yeah, back in jungle days and stuff. And yeah, you know, we probably released about 60 drum and bass records, jungle records back then. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's awesome. We, all, we wrote a tune called 4AM as well, which became a bit of an anthem, where we sampled Beverly Craven. All right. And um, yeah, and all the, you know, Fabs and Groove Riding that used to play at 4AM at Fantasia and Perception and all that sort of stuff. It became wow. like quite a quite an anthem, actually. Just to mention Fabio and Groove Rider, mm. when I first saw on DJ, that was before you had genres. That's before when mm. it was just like Acid House, where yeah. you could play Balearic, techno, mm. you know, any kind of music in one set. And that's when I first saw Fabio and Groove Rider, like you're saying, uh, um, the big sort of raves, you know, the 1988, 1989. Mm. There was no drum and bass there, whereas now they're just perceived as only drum and bass but back then they were playing like these mad sort of techno sets. isn't it crazy though when you look at sort of you know both of you and i've been djing for a long time producing for a long time because we're old gets yeah and uh you know you look at the genres on beatport and stuff like that and you know just remember when I mean, it was just one style of music and it breaks into different genres you know we you and i have both seen it split so many times it's just ridiculous and now you look on you look on beatport and you see all these sub genres and sub sub genres and stuff like that sometimes i think it's like oh for god's sake you know to be able to just play a set of whatever you want when you want, I think that's pretty cool, to be fair. I mean, that's, for, that's I mean, the, the holy grail, really. Yeah, but it? the thing is, you know, you and I last night, we, we were listening to all sorts, you know, you and I listened to all sorts of different types of music. We you were know, listening to reggae, the Agri Lights yeah. and, and Paranoid London all in yeah, one. Yeah, <laughs> all the hip-hop, reggae, ska, you know, breaks. Yeah, um, Run the Jewels was here. Yeah, Run the Jewels. I don't, I don't care, you know, if it's good music, it's good music, man. And I think, you know, to be able to play like that can be quite cool as well. Oh. Absolutely. Excuse me. Call me drinking. Um, yeah, yeah. I think um, it, it's kind of interesting that I guess, I guess when you write music and you're writing for your own set, you can be a bit more focused. When I'm looking for music to play, problem I have, my taste is so broad. I end up buying loads of music that I like, and it's like a jigsaw puzzle trying to piece it together yeah trying to go oh you know and this is a totally different vibe but i love this track so much and I, how can i, I play bar it in <laughs> yeah and i have to kind of build a kind of case around it so i can play one tune i have to kind of yeah yeah construct you know a little kind of journey to get me into that track you know i don't know if well, and, and the other people as well because sometimes you know take them on a good you know take take them on that journey and and build that trust up and they're relaxed and you know, that they trust what you're going to do next. And then you can drop something that's a bit more abstract and they can be like, wow, you know, especially towards the end of the set, I think, as well. Yeah. Um, talking of which, yes. the last time I saw you, you played me, um, it was a set Darren was playing somewhere. It was Coco in London. Was it Coco? Oh, what, Playground? The Playground set? Yeah. Oh, man, that was tricky. I would, um, I would really recommend anyone that's listening to this. Um, where where, can, on, where can you listen what's that to it? Be at TV? Is that the, you know, the, the online thing? Is it Be Live or Be at TV or something? I don't know. I don't know. Don't yeah, know. well, I'm sure some people will listen to the podcast. It's either Be, I think it's Be Live TV or Be at TV. And you can subscribe, you can subscribe to it and they they record they record sort of live sessions in clubs and stuff like that and you can see exactly what the DJ's doing and things like that you know <laughs> not that sometimes there's much to see to be fair <laughs> yeah no I but yeah that, that set was that set was awesome I mean you know some of the tunes that Darren was playing were so trippy like you could just feel the atmosphere dripping yeah, definitely. down the walls and looking at some of the people's faces when some of that acid came in oh man yeah, <laughs> yeah. you and I both being yeah, there we, ourselves <laughs> you can relate isn't it it's like god yeah well we were sort of watching it and it, you, you kind of said it, it that 
Look at the crowd melt. <laughs> you can see all these people just drifting. Man, into... I love that shit. Yeah. You know, I absolutely adore it because, you know, sometimes it doesn't really matter whether there's one people, 10 people. It's about connecting with people when you play. And I think, you know, the good thing about the good thing about underground dance music is people feel very passionate about it. You don't have to be a DJ or a producer. The people that listen to it, they absolutely love it. You know, they understand it. They're there with you. And, and I really, really appreciate that. And you can, you know, you connect with your audience and they have a great understanding considering they don't write it themselves, you know? Yeah. Yeah. They're really, really impressed. Yeah. I kind of, when, 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 when I'm DJing, I kind of, in my head, I think everyone's a critic, everyone's a DJ, but some people are just there to dance, yeah, you know? Totally. <laughs> totally. You right, buddy? Yep. No, it's all right. <laughs> I just saw my blue. So we have to apologise. Mark's, uh, Mark's a little bit hungover. I'm, I'm I think a, he just had a suddenly just went off and just got really spaced bit, out for a second. I am a bit spaced <laughs> out. I just saw my Bluetooth on my computer flashing <laughs> on and off. As long um, as you don't start sort of rocking from side to side, going, eh, eh, eh. <laughs> No, no, no. We've got to take you to right. the airport in a bit. I do have to take you to the airport. So, we've, I mean, with this album, where, where are you at on it? How many tracks you got under your belt? Oh, I said, it's um, nothing really. I mean, it's just got a few, just got ideas at the moment. It's, yeah. uh, I don't really, I don't really have, um, I don't really have problems writing tracks generally. If I, if, if, it, if the inspiration doesn't come, I just don't bother for a little bit. I'll do other stuff. I'll go to the right. apartment and I'll chill with the kids and I'll just do other things. I'm not going to stress myself out about it, but then. I do get, you know, I do, I, yeah, generally I find it quite easy to write tracks because there's so many ideas and yeah. so many different, you know, it's just, it's just infinite, isn't it? It's yeah. just infinite, it's infinite, you know, and yeah. Probably worth mentioning, between you and Dan, you've got seven children. <laughs> That's pretty good going. Half a football team. <laughs> Nearly Half there. Half a football team, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty awesome, isn't it? That's pretty awesome, to be fair, yeah, so... uh Yeah, what was the point of that, anyway? Yeah, no, because uh, it was just the way you said, oh, if I don't, if... um if, yeah, if I don't have any inspiration to write music, I'm busy enough as it is, trust yeah. me. <laughs> Do you know what? I mean, the thing is, you know, I love my music and I always have done. It's, it, it is my life in many ways. But, you know, my children are the best thing I've ever made in my life. And they're a work in progress. And they just, you know, they keep me growing and changing and learning as well. You know, it's, yeah, they're the best things I've ever made, really. So, Are they musical? Um, yeah, Eli loves... Oh, God, man. I introduced Eli to... Um, how old is Eli? He's nine. He's nine. Introduced Eli to Limp Biscuit. Um, oh, wow. Mate, no, it's his favourite man. He's going to listen to it. 8.30 in the morning. So at any time of day, really loud. And it's like, some of it's not particularly appropriate either. It's like, can't Eli? <laughs> but um, he had, um, we had a, um, it was his ninth birthday. And he was like, oh, dad. I was like, what do you want to do for your birthday? And he was like, oh, I want to do a, a break dance, a break dance DJ party. And I'm like, ah, that's my boy. So I had to, I had to get a set of CDs. So I got a set of CDJs, built him a little mixtape up of like different sort of breaking stuff. Got his mates in. And we separated him into two crews. I got this breakdancer in as well. And the first thing he did was he taught them for like an hour, different moves and stuff like that. And then we split them up into two, into two, into two groups and had a big battle with me DJing. It was oh, absolutely really? wicked, man. <laughs> yeah. And he just, you know, he's really passionate about music. And, and yeah, I love that. Cameron, my older one, he's 17. He, um, he loves his music, but it's, um, it's funny, isn't it, how the sort of hip-hop's changed and stuff mm. nowadays. There's a certain style that's kind of a little bit like, hmm, but obviously maybe it's just me getting old. But, you know, I love the old N.W.A. and, you know, Original Cypress Hill yeah. and all that stuff. It's just so fat and rolling. And, but then again, it's fat, deep and rolling, isn't it? Those three phrases <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and bass heavy, you know. <laughs> Can't knock it. Some, some of the stuff sounds like it's made on Casio keyboards nowadays with the decoded vocals and... 
Oh. Yeah. Anyway, let's not sound like old gits, innit? Oh. Back in the well, day. Well, that's quite funny because... Um, <laughs> the old gits. Maybe we should do a little musical project. <laughs> the old gits. The old gits. Because <laughs> uh, I played at uh, the Big Fish Little Fish. Oh, and, it's wicked, and, man. And, uh, <laughs> which, if you don't know, is like a, a rave for kids. Yeah. And um, what's well, for parents, it, really. Yeah, yeah. It's for, it's for old rave. It's for ex-ravers. Or current ravers who want to introduce their kids to it in a safe environment. And yeah. it was a daytime rave, wasn't it? Yes. And uh, yeah, and although brought... I was a bit tanked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, you brought Eli, and Eli was their centre of attention, break dancing on the middle of the floor. He had a circle of all yeah. these kids. That's my boy, yeah. <laughs> I thought it was quite funny. And, um... and your daughter was behind the decks. Yeah. 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 <laughs> oh my God. Yes. That was so cool though, man. That was so cool. And it was in, was it Sunday? Was it on yes, a su- it was a Sunday. So that's why I was a little bit sort of, I was quite hungover because I'd been out the night before. Right. And I needed a couple of JD and coats, I think, just to like smooth things over. <laughs> that's but yeah, it, um, it's a good day. Yeah, it's really nice. Um, I'd like to give a shout to um, Neil and Abby who, yes. throw it, who put it on. Yes, indeed. I want to play there next when you do Bristol one anyway. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was kind of fun. It was fun. It was nice because there was... Well, I was meeting people after I played, and they were coming up with their kids going, this is me, Katie, and it was the bizarrest. But don't you think it was also good for you, because it was like, you know, your daughter could see you perform, because yeah. you know, most of the clubs that we play at and stuff like that, really, you know, kids can't come or anything like that, and yeah. it's just, you know, what does dad do, you know what I mean? Well, she's 14, we, yeah. we'd drive home, and she was like, I saw, I saw, her exact words were, I, I, I kind of enjoyed that, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. But she's, you know, she's used to going out in, well, going out, you know, going to concerts, you know, festivals mm. and seeing bands. So it was the first, it was for her first ever club experience. Mm. Um, I was very nervous, actually. Really? Yeah. Aww. I wanted, why were you nervous? I just wanted to impress my daughter. I wanted her uh, to. Ah, yeah, that yeah. was the thing. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. You know, I wanted her to leave and go, wow, that was really yeah. enjoyable. And she did give me a little, a little bit of a prop. She was like, yeah, I kind of enjoyed that. Yeah. <laughs> No, she didn't want to gush completely, but no, of course no, she did, don't she? No, definitely not. <laughs> Bit unrequited sometimes, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. So, what else? Um, I don't know, you ask me. You right. talk, talk to me, brother. Talk okay. to me, my furry friend. Um, <laughs> it's probably worth mentioning the Laid Black and Real Me Records. That's interesting, yeah. I mean, do you know what? I mean, basically... Maybe, be- uh, maybe you, you, you explain. Um, you, you've got a... What would you call it? It was kind oh. of a reggae label, wasn't it, really? Well, no, was Real it Me Records, a, Real Me Records what was, was, it? A, was a label How that I set up in Bristol um, for around eight years. It became like one of Bristol's biggest record labels. But rather than being a dance music label, it was a singer-songwriter label. And I think the reason why I did it was because there are... You know, there's many aspects to my, you know, there's many aspects to all our personalities and stuff creatively and things like that. And, uh, you know, I listen to a lot of other music other than just dance music. Yeah. I had a lot of people that were asking me to be their manager as well. And uh, I didn't want to do that. <laughs> I didn't want to do that. And so then I thought, look, how can I, how can I give back to the, to the Bristol music scene, support people without having to get phone calls at two in the morning complaining about not enough blue M&Ms and things like that. I don't know. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's like, um, so I thought, I'll tell you what, I'll set up a record label. And, um, and it was just another way of me being able to express other aspects of my personality as well, because, you know, I love acoustic music, I love folk, and I love all sorts of different types of music as well, reggae, like we, um, like we obviously know as well. And, you know, Lay Black were, um, 
you know, a cracking band in Bristol, like a bit of a jewel in the crown, really. And they came around after the massive attack, tricky, Porter's head vibe and stuff. And they've been around in Bristol for years. And they just, you know, they 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 hadn't really released very much stuff. They had this album that never came out and stuff like that. And I just went for it. And I thought, you know what, let's do that. And it became quite a big thing, that label. And um, it almost took over a little bit for a while. I put my music on the back burner, um, which is one of the reasons why I, I sort of knocked on the head, to be fair, eventually. I think I'd... Right. done my dues in Bristol I thought you know what I need to focus on my own stuff again now which is what I've done with the dub speaker and now it's doing really well again because you did have a real there was a real break in your production yeah, while yeah. you were running that yeah yeah definitely I just start suddenly just, just focusing on everybody else's stuff and I'm like hang on a minute yeah. do you know what what about me <laughs> do you know what yeah you know because it's cool being selfless and everything it's cool you know supporting people and things but eventually suddenly it's like hang on a minute you know I really do miss what I'm doing here and yeah, you know, probably spent a lot of money doing the promotion for other people and stuff as well. It's like, hang on a minute. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, what was, the, what was the track that you played me last night? I, was thinking, I really enjoyed that. That was um, like a live Bristol session. Love. Life's kind of rough when you're living in Bristol. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's a classic track. Really right? good yeah. track. Um, I'd recommend anyone. Yeah, Lay Black, Bristol Love. Bristol Love. Boom. <laughs> and um, you released some music with Ed Sheeran on. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. I mean, you know, that Real Me Records that I set up, you know, I had uh, Sway had a tune on there. Really? Ruiz Maneuver, Ed Sheeran had a tune on there, Lay Black. Uh, yeah, it became, yeah, it was, but uh, do you know what though? I bloody couldn't make any money out of it really, still. And I was like, wow, if I can't make money out of that, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Then then something's wrong, you know? So um, I remember when Spotify first came out, my uh, monthly statements went from about sort of 30 pages or something to about 50 and I was like uh oh here we go and I was quite apprehensive about it and I was looking on the Spotify plays and it's like 0.01p or something I'm like oh no <laughs> my accountant's gonna kill me <laughs> for all this but then suddenly it actually did become it's, it is a quite a viable um option now isn't it for Spotify yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah it's awesome it's really grown isn't it yeah I mean it is just quantity of yeah building those playlists you know people the the it being highlighted, the the connections between other music mm. that comes up on um the, these playlists, the more you know. Mm. So it, yeah, it can, it, it can. It's mm. a lot of work. Do you know what though? I mean, going back to um the singer songwriter label thing, I think one of the things one of the things that I really did appreciate out of doing that um, was having access to you know some amazing vocalists, amazing musicians, and incorporating that sometimes into obviously the more sort of techno music that we do now and stuff with vocals and things like that as well. Very, very good indeed. Are you, are you doing much vocal stuff with dub speaker? A few bits and bobs. A lot of it's, a lot of it's not vocal, to be fair. But every now and again, we'll, uh, you know, uh, one of the things we love doing is, is doing remixes for people with vocal tracks and stuff like that. And it's uh, a great way of putting a dub speaker spin on on vocal tracks, having it nice deep and rolling and then breaking into this beautiful vocal, but keeping it on that level where it's not cheesy or anything like that. Yeah, I really enjoy that. Okay. So I'm looking forward to playing in Boston on Friday because it's um it's one of those it's not like a so the club in Boston on Friday is like um sorry my my born in you I tell you what, if you had a video coming the bloody you just yawned. Before now I'm only joking. I'm not gonna take that personally because I know how hungover we are. <laughs> I had to get up super yeah, early. Don't make me yawn. Oh yeah you had to school run didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. But Boston's um it's again quite an intimate club I think and it's more it's not just dancing it's listening as well and um, I'm looking forward to playing you know more of our vocal tracks there more sort of electronica acid stuff as well I'm really looking forward to that 
Chicago is going to be, you know, it's a big dirty warehouse and it's going to kick off. So I'm really looking forward to that. And then we're going to finish off in Detroit, which again is more of an, inter- I think they've called it an intimate evening with dub speaker, isn't it? Nice. <laughs> yeah. Nice. So, I mean, the, the Chicago is a rave. Is it um, a big event or is it are you headlining? What, yeah, no, I'm headlining all three. Yeah. Nice. Well, that's, I'm, I really enjoyed doing that because it's, you know, the crowd's nicely warmed up. They're, they trust you, they're open, and they're ready to go. Do you know what I mean? And you can just go straight in. And uh, yeah, yeah, it's awesome. But no, we tend to, tend to, tend to headline in, which is great. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Where yeah. have you enjoyed playing? Where's the best? Ooh, the best. Um, do you know what? I love Berlin. Yeah. Yeah, oh, I, do, yeah. I do love Berlin, man. I think the people there are, you know, are special. Um, absolutely awesome. Berlin, um, because I play in America quite a bit, I've gotten to know people there and I think it's one of the reasons why I love playing there as well because I actually just really get on what I've got, you know, I feel like I'm actually, you know, got some friends over there and yeah. I, I really enjoy seeing them. We enjoy spending time together and the guys, man, they could party all night and all day. I don't know whether they get stamina. <laughs> oh, actually I do properly. <laughs> Let's not go into that. <laughs> yeah, I, I think, I mean, Berlin is just a very knowledgeable audience yeah they've got a very good understanding of, of techno music isn't it and, and in, in the states there's a lot of passion um, yeah, for yeah. it do you yes. know what i mean in in yeah and, and understanding but berlin is obviously you know pretty you know pretty heavyweight isn't it like that so berlin but um germany and america are my favorite places to play i'd love to get more gigs in the uk though actually but it just doesn't really seem to happen that often to be fair yeah it's weird yeah, uk is a bit of a funny one isn't it yeah yeah um, done the, we've done the egg in London and stuff like that and every now and again you know every now and again we do egg places. is rocking at the oh, moment mate. yeah mate, oh. I remember parties there back in 91 and you know there were things where you know it was dripping off the walls and stuff like that I played there about a month ago in the basement mm. one of the best places in London I've played for mm. a long time tell you what I used to really love um, I had a residency at the end All right, that, yep. was, that was pretty awesome there as well because again with the Plink Plonk community uh, Mr. C and all that. Yeah, there was yeah. a very good understanding of techno music. Well, Leo's, Leo. Leo and Bushback yeah. and all that, yeah, yeah. It was Leo's family that bought, they're property developers and they bought the property. I mean, the end was a good club. One thing that annoyed me a lot about it, right in that DJ booth, you had that pillar mm. in front of and that really annoyed me. Mm. Um, but it was great sound in there. The place used to yeah. always go off. I'm feeling the egg, actually. Um, I'm, I played for... Um, I can't remember the name of them. Who did I play for? I ain't got Scooby-Doo, mate. Uh, <laughs> you tell me. <laughs> or is it a question? I don't know. Yeah. Rhetorical question. I'll edit this bit out. I just can't remember. I'll tell you what I'd like to play. I'd like to play in um, I'd like to play in Australia. I'd like to go there. and. Do Have you little, not been to Australia? Nah, I'd like to do a little tour there. And I've got some friends that I'd like to see there as well. Ooh. And um, I would also like to play. I'd like to check out Japan. Yeah, well, you know, yeah. and I've got some. We've got some mutterings going on about Japan at the moment, which oh, is good. good. So yeah, so so we'll see what happens there. I'm sure. I'm sure Australia will come together. Yes, we just got to make it happen. You know, I'm a firm believer of just you know, if you want to do something, just just keep it in your head and just go for it, and it will happen. You know, if you just you just got to manifest it, really, haven't you? That's you know? it. Yeah, I am doing it. I will I be back to. in Australia in January. Mm. Yeah, so I'm going to be there for four weeks. Maybe we can come to some arrangement, Mark. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. Can you be my temporary tour manager? Yeah. <laughs> uh, New Zealand as well. I don't know if you've... Have you been to New no. Zealand? No. Another... Um, yeah. Good crowds in New Zealand. Mm. Yeah, especially Auckland. Well, to be, to be honest, 
all over, all over. I think maybe, maybe it's just because it feels very special to be the other side of the world, mm. DJ, and so you give you're giving off that kind of vibe. Yeah, I, you know, sometimes I'm just blown away. I'm, I'm, I'm so grateful for being able to travel around and play my music. Yeah, you know, it's just it's just incredible you know it's really really humbling and stuff i mean you know if i didn't write music and i i, I wasn't getting paid to dj and stuff like that traveling around and stuff i probably you know probably wouldn't be able to travel as much to be fair well, no. you know, it gives me it gives me you know yeah it's it's a wonderful experience so thanks everyone for, for appreciating <laughs> the music and and allowing yeah supporting allowing what i do and stuff yeah definitely you know really you know i really really appreciate it thank you it is very exciting to be able to travel. Like, mm. like you say, is you were working a nine to five, you had saved the money. You probably wouldn't go to Berlin if I if I saved up a few grand. I w- wouldn't go. Right, I'm going to go to Detroit. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, where would you go? Would you go to more sort of a uh, I'd, I'd Middle probably, Eastern countries? Or yeah, sort I, of, think, you know, I think I would. I'd, Australia, I'd, Australia. because I know it now. So I yeah. know, I know. You know, I would. I'll tell you what I like. I, I like. Um, I like um, sort of quite developing countries and things like that. I spend a lot of time in Morocco and Africa and I like sort of, you know, Morocco, Africa, India, places like that that were okay. basically sort of, you know, where it's a bit a bit more simple, less westernised, I suppose. A bit more I'm, spiritual. A bit more spiritual. Well, you, yeah, you, you are a it. hippie. Uh, it's got to be said. Do you know what? I'm a ghetto hippie, I think. My mum brought me up as a hippie and we lived in a caravan travelling around for years and I lived in, you know, living outside in nature and stuff. It was amazing for me, regrounding. And that's always been there for me. But obviously I've lived in Bristol for 25 years now. And, you know, I, I understand living in the city and, and that mm. sort of thing. And it's a nice little balance, I think, you know. So, yeah, I reckon I'm a, a bit of a ghetto hippie, to be fair. <laughs> you told me something quite interesting last night, which I oh, didn't know Oh, God, hang on a minute, you. hang on a minute. Just write down a piece of paper first, yeah? And I'll let you know whether you can say it. Go, Do, go on, go on. Your, your mother was a shepherdess. Yeah, she I, was. It's the first time I've ever heard that word said. I know, it sounds really old school, doesn't it? Yeah. And do you know what? I mean, it was... It was when you're younger, when I was younger, I didn't even question it at all. And stuff. I was just living outdoors in caravans and we'd travel around, from, we'd travel around different farms, um, whether it was lambing or shearing season or whatever. It was just how things were. But, you know, as I got a little bit older, it started getting really embarrassing and stuff. Because like, living in the country, you've got all the farmer kids and you've got the judgments about hippies and travellers. And the school bus would have to pick me up outside the field. And it was like, oh, man. It was like having to do, you know, when you walk through the aisle on the seats and stuff like that. It's like the water. It's, it's, that wasn't a very. That wasn't very pretty for me for a while, until I kicked back and uh, took them all out. And then suddenly I didn't get any aggro again. And then suddenly it became quite cool as I got older to be in, you know, indie, independent, and all that sort of stuff. And and yeah, suddenly yeah, That's it sort of switched around a little bit to be fair. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, when you say traveling around, was it all in the West Country or yeah. was it all over the? No, no, it's all sort of yeah, it's all West Country stuff, really. You know, it's, but it was you know now I look back, I think I'm really thankful for it because I have a great affinity with nature and I love being outdoors and yeah, you know, there's so much yeah that feeds my soul. Yeah, you know? well, you enjoyed Richmond Park. <laughs> oh man, I loved that part. That was amazing. Yeah, I really enjoy it. I mean, wow. It's just out there. It's free. It feeds our soul, inspires us. Yeah. Uh, we need to be outdoors, you know. I should probably explain. We've um, uh, we got up this morning, and um, it's it's a lovely, beautiful day here. Um, and we decided to go for a walk over Richmond Park, which is um, a massive park Can't in southwest London. There. Yeah, it's big, a big park. Yeah, you know, yeah, definitely one nice. of the no, bigger parks in London. That was really lovely. Really appreciate that. Yeah. You found some deer to take photos of? Yeah, I took a, yeah, a picture of a few deer. That, that stag was absolutely huge. 
I'm, I was really shocked at how big it was. In fact, it actually looked like a cow with horns. <laughs> oh, they're massive. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Don't want to mess with them, do you? Yeah. No. Nah, well, no. There's, there's some really good footage of... Um, well, not good, but quite interesting footage of um, in rutting season the big stags. If you go near them, yeah. they they think you're a threat and they yeah. uh, they go for you. And there was a video online. There was some guy and he had to climb up a tree, <laughs> but the stag's so big. Yeah, yeah Mate, I, mean, I wouldn't mess. I would, you know. And it's I, like I some jogger ended up climbing up a tree and he was shouting, "Help! Help!" <laughs> I'd like to see that. Maybe have a little look. look at yeah, that no, it's on YouTube. So what? Um, so what other questions have people got then? Do you remember any of the other questions? Uh, I can't remember any of them actually. There was <laughs> <laughs> Mark. You've, let, you've so let your team hung. down, brother. You have let your team down. Here I am, and you're I just am wasted, so hungover. <laughs> there was a lot of people on the Facebook. Saying, I remember. I remember a couple of questions. There was a few people. Just uh, they. There weren't so much questions. They were just going really like your stuff. Um, oh, there was thanks. one that was quite interesting about um, the brakes thing. Mm. And the guy was basically saying, did you switch doing techno? Like, I mean, I know the answer to this, but maybe you you can explain it a mm. bit clearer. Basically, did you jump ship for money or... <laughs> I know, it's ridiculous. <laughs> money? <laughs> I'll tell you what it is. Right. Um, if, I wrote, if, if, if I wanted to make money, I probably wouldn't write music. Uh, I certainly wouldn't write, you know, it's, it's, there's not that much money in music. I mean, obviously our no. performances, you know, there's money in the DJing aspect. But it's like, look, what, what I do, I mean, before Ways and Means, so I did drum and bass, yeah. I did rave music and drum and bass, which is quite breakbeat orientated. Yeah. Then I went to, then, then, then I, um, you know, signed with Plink Plonk, was writing techno and electronica. And then Ways and Means was a way of incorporating both of those, I suppose. It's like breakbeat influenced with like a very techie sound. Yeah. Um, and then obviously going back into the techno again afterwards. It's a journey for me. I write what I feel and I, I, I follow my own heart. Nothing I do with music is uh, money driven. Otherwise I'll probably go out and get a full-time job to be fair because um, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, 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 it's not really about them. It's not about the money. For me, it's about the create, it's about the creativity and listening to my heart and listening to my ideas. And I just found, uh, you know, I, I love doing the Ways and Means project. It was really exciting for a while and it's great being able to infuse new music together. But when things become too samey for me, I'll go and do something else because I like to, I like to originate stuff. I like to do something new and different. And if I'm, if, if I'm getting too compartmentalized or too genred, going to go mm. you know i'm not afraid to i'm not afraid to build up a name and then leave it yeah, yeah <laughs> you know yeah. I'm, I'm not going to hold on to that name and think oh god well you know it's getting a bit of a following just keep going no nah, don't worry about it don't, just keep things fresh i need to keep my ideas fresh otherwise i might as well go and do something else well i think it's a bit of a myth actually that just because you make one style of music if you jump ship and you go okay i'm just going to make some house doesn't mean you're going to be good at it doesn't mean you're going to be popular mm. it takes a lot of time and effort to mm. to understand the genre to be at the top of the food chain you can't just go uh, i'm just going to do that now because that's really popular it doesn't work like that yeah well not for me anyway i can't speak mm. for anyone else i think with with all the projects that we've done though over the years and it's been like, what, 20 something years of producing dance music. Uh, of course, I'm going to go into different styles and, and, and explore different genres because I'm going to be a part of them all. But I think there's a, there's a thread of similarity there's between a vibe. them all. There's a vibe in all yeah. of them. So, you know, you can compare my ways and means stuff to the dub speaker stuff. And actually, you can probably see a lot in common with them. Absolutely. Apart, apart from, uh, you know, the drum pattern. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, really, well, to be fair. Yeah, it's as simple as that, really. Yeah. Because there is a vibe. Mm. Um, what, what did you call it? What did the I call vibe, it? Uh, 
I don't know. I don't know. What the rolling. Oh, deep, dark, and rolling. That's it. <laughs> deep, dark, and rolling. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Definitely. Yeah. So, I mean, well, that answers the question, really. No, mm. basically. Yeah, it's good. It's a good. You know, it's a good thing. It's a good question, though, because it's like you know what did happen with ways and means and stuff. You know, but I just, I just want to do something else. Would you? you know? Kurt, would you? Do any more ways and means music? Is that was that something that you might revisit I, do you at know some what? point? I mean, I I don't know. I mean, I'll never say never to anything, but um, I tend not to go back in life. I tend to move forwards, and yeah, that's that answers that really. That's a motivational comment. Oh, well, you know, me, full of them, um, full of full of life changing quotes. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, I mean, can you remember any, any questions? Um, I think someone was um, talking about. Um, what kit I like using and stuff That's like that. That's right, yeah. Do you know what? I mean, I, I remember, like, I was living, you know, I, I, I lived quite a lot. I was, in my younger years, I was quite a hippie, to be fair. I remember living in a teepee village years ago as well. A teepee? Yeah, a teepee village, yeah. And it was like, you know, I absolutely loved it. And I remember Darren coming to pick me up and saying, right, come on, Chris, we're going back to Bristol. We write some music. And I was like, yeah, all right, let's do this. And um, when I got to his house, I couldn't even work the washing machine, let alone a studio. Do you know what I mean? I was like, I was like, what is this witchcraft? <laughs> now I'm only taking a piss, but but um, you know, it was back in the day. You know, as you know, you know the the, the studio is we had quite a big studio, but it was all separate kit. And it looked, you turn the light off at night, and you're writing at night. It looks like the Starship, you know, the Star Trek Enterprise, right. or something like that. Yeah. It's amazing. And you know, I got my head around all the gear and stuff like that. And we, you know, we got into it and stuff. Nowadays, you know, as you know, it's so different. And as I'm sure many listeners that produce know, it's so different. I mean, I've mm. got, you know, I've got a studio at my house. It's in a quite small room, to be fair. And it's just monitors, Juno, little mixing desk, um, good speakers, Mac, plugins, shitloads shit loads of plugins. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And um, yeah, you know, I mean, to if we were talking about sort of kit that I like to Secrets actually use. as well. I mean, use Ableton. I use Ableton, yeah. yeah. We can go into that in a minute, but um, probably the, the, my favourite keyboard is the Juno, and Darren and I, you know, we love being able... Sometimes what we will do is we'll have a good session, get in the studio, and we just record ourselves messing around with the Juno and stuff like that, and just record it all for ages, you know, for an hour or something. And then we'll just... We'll have all this amazing live Juno sounds and stuff, and we'll just take bits of that off and put them in tunes and stuff okay. like that you know just get really creative that way ableton i mean god you know i've used logic i've used um cubase you know i've used them all but what i find with ableton is it just allows me to get it allows me to do the creative stuff it allows me to get on and do the creative stuff and not get bogged down with programming too much right you know and it, i think ableton's really it's a, it's a fantastic bit of kit it's quick really, it? it's quick quick easy accessible and you can get on with creating and creating a vibe and that's what we're here to do in it yeah, yeah. I mean, translating ideas, if you can do it quite quickly, you can kind of ride the creative wave, like an inspirational wave. Because there's nothing worse than getting bogged down. Bogged like down with programming. <laughs> with a bit, with, yeah, messing about with like plugins and then kind of sort of popping your head up to get some air and going, what was I doing? <laughs> you just kind of forget <laughs> where you were. I think that might be an age thing, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or a hungover thing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm struggling today. Oh, mate, do you want me to run this interview? <laughs> yeah, go on. <laughs> okay, hi, my name's Chris Townsend, and uh, this is the Lowering the Tone podcast. I'm here with Mark Pember, meet Katie, and uh, founder of Lot 49. And back in the day, what was that label again? Whole Nine Yards. Whole Nine Yards. Excellent. Nice to w see you, Mark. Thank you for coming in. <laughs> no problem. We could do another interview like that, <laughs> couldn't we? <laughs> we'll save that for another show. Yeah. <laughs> No, I've really appreciated coming here though, and um, you know it's been lovely spending time with you. 
I'm looking at your huge record collection at the moment, and it's it's absolutely awesome. And, yes, uh, I mean it was got any my tunes in there? Yeah, of course, yeah, of course. I've probably got some ways and means knocking around. I've probably got some tracks I didn't even realise you had made. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what's the favourite? What's your What's your favourite piece of music that you've written where you stand by it and go, "That I am so happy with." Oh God, have you done that? Or are, um, you, are you still striving? Oh, well, no, no, no. I'll tell you what, there is actually. Um, there are two tracks that I've written. Um, do you know what? Then It's not a dub speaker track. It's not even a Ways and Means track. It's actually an Akasha FX track, which is okay. a very... Um, Akasha FX was a project that I kept quite quiet. Um, I just got on with it and just released the music. And um, yeah, there's a track called Akasha... It's by my project name, Akasha FX, and it's called Slave of Time. And it's featuring a Trinidad, a Trinidadian um, singer. Uh, and good friend of mine called Cory San, and it's quite a, it's it's got a real meaning behind it. It's got quite a spiritual meaning behind it. Oh God, it's that word again. <laughs> spiritual. Um, it's just you know, it's down tempo, it's down tempo ambient electronica right. with a bit of a with a bit of a break in it, fat bassline, bit of acid, and a haunting vocal going through. I love that track. So that's a Kasha FX slave of time. If you want to know me as a person, if you want to get to know what I'm about, like deep in my heart and my soul you could do worse than whacking that track on loud <laughs> okay and actually listening to it and there's another track um again by Akasha FX my uh, project name that I did and it's called Choose and it's um featuring a friend and vocalist of mine vocalist and friend of mine called Michelle Denny who has the most incredible voice um she's just got this laid back style about her the way she just rinses this vocal out and uh it just works so well and that's quite tech housey um, quite te- te- house techno I suppose but her, again her vocal is it's 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 a very thought-provoking vocal so Akasha FX Slave of Time and Choose, Choose. you can see them on YouTube these are your favourite pieces yeah it's probably my two favourite pieces actually oh cool yeah. cool and they're both under the same project both under Akasha FX yeah I didn't think about that <laughs> yeah I think I'm going to have to go back over some of your back catalogue well I think, I think I'm, well should. I think I've been missing some I tunes. think you don't know the bloody half of it yeah <laughs> It would be great if you did. I'd really, I'd yeah, really like definitely. to get your feedback on that. I mean, there's a lot of tunes though. There's a lot of music. Sometimes, um, you know, it's amazed, amazed myself sometimes how much music I've written. But it's like, we've got to remember, God, we have been doing it for a while. Yeah. You know, and um, yeah. What uh, With Dub Speaker, what would you say he's like? Uh... I was looking on Beatport. I think it's six pages of tunes of Dub Speaker stuff to go through before you get to the last page. There's wow. so many tracks. And that's just, you know, that's just in the last sort of six years or something. Well, there, well, there, been, there have been two of you as well. I, I guess the, the body of work you, you're capable of releasing is twice as much as like myself, you know. Yeah. I'm pretty lazy anyway, but. <laughs> yeah. No, I think, I think you're probably right. It doesn't always work out like that though, does it? But I think, you know, it's just incredible. You know, I'm, I'm so grateful for the fact that Darren and I, it's amazing that Darren and I have written music together since 1991 and we're in 2017 and we're still able to work together and I'm still on the same vibe it's you know that's quite rare I think you know in friends you know friendships and relationships and stuff they they change sometimes you know they move forward you know they move everything's organic isn't it but yeah. musically um it's been great to have such good company <laughs> yeah yeah definitely I mean an album with the dub speaker project I, I, I mean that that would be great that's next mate yeah. that is next and that's what Darren and I are working towards now I mean you know I think we're we're just a little bit a little bit bored of just knocking out releases all the time on mp3s and stuff yeah so our, our latest release is the contrast EP on odd even which is a, a vinyl label in um, Germany okay 
Um, it's pretty awesome. It's, it's great deep techno release. Um, again, that's vinyl and the album. We're, we're going to set up a new label, basically. And we're going to have that as a vinyl-only label. And we're going to release the album on that. What happened to Skeleton, the label? We still, we still do it. Uh, well, well, when I say we still do it, it's still there. But just as I said about, I don't like being compartmentalised. I don't like being, it's almost like a victim of your own success in my head because once, once it becomes a thing and people define it as a thing, I feel restricted. So rather than say, oh, it's a thing now, let's keep building on it and make it even more successful. I'm kind of like, oh, it's a bit boring now. <laughs> you kick back on that. Sort of. I just want to do something. I want to keep things fresh for me because I, you know, I ultimately we express ourselves. Yeah, it's like mad, a mad artistic sort of thing, I suppose. Right. I like to keep myself really authentic and, and real and upfront and stuff with stuff. And I think Skeleton has been defined now as a certain type of label with doing a certain thing. And I find that restrictive. I don't like being boxed into anything. And neither does Darren. So we're going to break out of that and do something new. Wow. Wow, I mean that's quite a rare, rare, rare attitude. Well, I think people hold on to things too much. People, you know, sometimes you're like, oh god, I, bet I can't let that go because uh, I'm doing all right with that name mm. or the name's building or something. Like, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to just don't be afraid to do something new. To do, do something, something different. Start again. Yeah, just trust yourself. Trust your ideas, and trust people as well because people, people, people understand authenticity and genuinity and stuff, especially on the dance floor. Well, Ricky Gervais had a really good thing about that. Um, because he started off being a, a singer in a band. And then he, he just said, you know, he was doing quite well. Then he decided to be a manager and he managed Swade, you know, the band. You're joking. No. Richie, R- Ricky DeVay <laughs> used to manage Swade. Can't remember what the quote is. And it was similar to what you just said. It goes, don't be scared to just ditch something because you never know what's around the corner. I think he got that off me, actually. Yeah, mm. sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> true. It's true that. It just takes a lot of balls. There's something liberating and freeing in being able to let go. In all things, I think, really. So I might be my foot on the chair. Oh, right. <laughs> I'm just looking at your notes. I'm looking at your notes. I'll tell you what, when I, saw, when I saw you put that post up about this podcast, you were like, oh, yeah, if someone got any questions, Chris, there's like about 35 comments. And I don't even like, look, look at and it. Like, I'm looking at, I don't know if, you, obviously you can't see this, but he's just got this blank page <laughs> and he's just written two words speaker, ways and means, and that's it. And it's like, well done, mate. I but, I, but you know what? That's a good thing about these podcasts, I think, because, you know, they're just yeah. conversational, you know, and it's, it's what you need, isn't it? You don't well, I did have big plans. <laughs> hey listen what time is it because we've got to get to the it airport it is 10 past 1 so we're going to have to wrap we're going to have to up. wrap this up right before you leave I need to get some stings from you this is Christian Ways Means or Dub Speaker and you're listening to oh, Lower yeah, in sure. the Tone Fox Pops yeah 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 baby listen I just want to say um, that thanks for inviting me on here and you know I absolutely love you like a brother it's really you know we, we have a good time whenever we see each other yeah definitely and uh, yeah I'm uh, looking forward. I'm really pleased to be able to come and stay at your place last night for the first yeah. time as well. And uh, your sofa is very comfy. Thank yeah, you. No problem. <laughs> All right. Take care. All right. Need stings. All right. This is this is dub speaker. Yeah. This is dub speaker. You're listening to lowering the tone. And you're listening to lowering the tone with me, Katie. This is dub speaker, and you're listening to lowering the tone with me, Katie. Hey, this is Chris from Ways and Means. You're listening to Meet Katie's Lowering the Tone. That's it. I think that's it. Uh, uh, let's put that on it. Uh, 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 <laughs> you can start singing uh, again. Uh, 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 <laughs> Hear me now. <laughs> okay, let's do it. Thanks, mate. Is that all right? Perfect. Are you sure? That's it. <laughs>
Okay, thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed that. If you'd like to support the podcast, it's simple. Just share the links, rate and review on iTunes. Or just say something nice. Right, I'm going to love you and leave you. Happy Christmas, everyone.
the end. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank, thanks. <laughs> I don't oh. know where we're going after that. Right.